RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, Health Secretary Sophia Chan has rejected calls from two University of Hong Kong professors to drop vaccine pass requirements for those under 60 years old. The Chinese embassy in Ottawa has criticized Canada's decision to ban the telecommunications giant Huawei from working on its domestic 5G wireless networks. And the U.S. Senate has voted overwhelmingly in favor of a package of emergency aid for Ukraine worth nearly 40 billion U.S. dollars. It is the biggest yet. Health Secretary Sophia Chan has rejected calls from two University of Hong Kong professors to drop vaccine pass requirements for those aged under 60 describing their comments as inappropriate. Writing in the Mingpao newspaper, Professor Chan said the measure was still necessary and that branding it coercive could reignite vaccine hesitancy among the public. Wendy Wong has more. People aged over 12 have to be double-jabbed to enter venues such as restaurants, supermarkets and shopping malls, and the requirement will be raised to three doses from May the 31st. HKU epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling and assistant pharmacy professor Theo Chan said this week the rule meant younger adults were being forced to get jabbed. Health Secretary Sophia Chan has rejected the cause to drop the vaccine pass for under-60s, however. In her article, Professor Chan said the measure was still necessary to incentivize people to get jabbed and that it will allow the city to resume normal activities. Young Kwok Young, a microbiologist from Hong Kong U, has made a raft of suggesting suggestions to further relax COVID rules in Hong Kong, saying that the city's barrier of immunity means now would be a good time to return to normality. On a radio program, he urged the government to shorten quarantine for inbound travelers to five days, adding that hotel quarantine might be replaced by home quarantine soon if the epidemic situation remains stable. He said that close contacts of COVID patients could be exempted from quarantine if they are vaccinated, although they should get tested for seven consecutive days. The Chinese embassy in Ottawa has criticized Canada's decision to ban the telecommunications giant Huawei from working on its domestic 5G wireless networks. A spokesperson accused Canada of using security as a pretext for political manipulation. A Huawei executive said Canada had yet to explain what national security threats the company posed. The decision has long been expected and puts Canada in line with the United States and other allies. Canada's interior minister is François-Philippe Champagne. This is about taking the right decision. This is about providing a framework to protect our infrastructure and I would say in a 5G world, in the Internet of Things, at a time where we rely more and more in our daily lives for our network, this is the right decision. And we are pleased to announce it today because that will secure our network for generations to come. The UK, Australia and New Zealand have also banned Huawei. The World Health Organization has authorized the use of a single-shot COVID vaccine by Chinese manufacturer CanSinoBio. It is the third Chinese-made vaccine to be approved by the WHO after Sinovac and Sinopharm, and the ninth to get the WHO green light. Here's Natalie Ching. The WHO granted emergency use listing to the Tianjin-based firm's Convidesia vaccine. The UN Health Agency said the vaccine was found to have 64% efficacy against symptomatic disease and 92% efficacy against severe COVID. It's been recommended for those aged 18 or above. The jab has already been rolled out in China, Argentina, Chile, Malaysia, Mexico and Pakistan. The listing paves the way for countries to approve and import the vaccine for distribution. It also opens the door for the jabs to enter the COVAX Global Vaccine Sharing Program for poorer countries. 
An animal law expert says the smuggling in of pedigree pets to Hong Kong will continue as long as people demand cheap prices. Amanda Whitford, an associate law professor at the University of Hong Kong, was commenting after authorities seized more than 130 cats and dogs from a speedboat entering Hong Kong. Professor Whitford says the situation is exacerbated by Hong Kong's proximity to the mainland, where the animals are easily bred in often poor conditions. Unfortunately, this kind of problem will continue while there is consumer demand for animals at cheap prices. No matter how much we do to fix the laws here in Hong Kong, for example, bringing in trading laws to ensure that all dog breeders are licensed, people will still go where they can get the animal for the cheapest cost. What they don't recognize, of course, is that those animals come from awful conditions. There are no welfare controls in China for the way that they are bred. Many of them are sick. Turning overseas, the U.S. Senate has voted overwhelmingly in favor of emergency aid for Ukraine worth nearly 40 billion U.S. dollars. The package, a mixture of military, economic and humanitarian assistance, is the biggest so far, bringing the total American investment in the war to roughly 54 billion dollars. Speaking before the vote, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer explained why the bill should be passed. This is a large package and it will meet the large needs of the Ukrainian people as they fight for their survival. As President Zelensky has said, the Ukrainians are caught up in a fight for democracy, the very democracy we love itself. It's a fight we should not and cannot turn away from. By passing this emergency aid, the Senate can now say to the Ukrainian people, Help is on the way, real help, significant help, help that could make sure that the Ukrainians are victorious. The bill will now go to President Biden for signing into law. President Biden has strongly supported plans by Finland and Sweden to join NATO after meeting both countries' leaders at the White House. Mr. Biden said they would strengthen the alliance. Sweden's Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson called Russia's attack on Ukraine a watershed moment. She said her country had now decided that it would be best protected within NATO after 200 years of military non-alignment. Today, the situation in Ukraine reminds us of the darkest days of European history. And I must say that during dark times, it is great to be among close friends. And over these past months, we have shown transatlantic unity and strength at its best. Turkey has threatened to block Sweden and Finland's membership bids, saying they support Kurdish militants. In response, the Finnish president, Sali Ninista, said his country took terrorism seriously. In the first trial of its kind, a court in Argentina has found the state guilty of the massacre of more than 400 indigenous people nearly a century ago. The authorities shot members of the Com and the Mokoit communities in 1924 after they protested about inhumane conditions on a cotton plantation. One of the judges, Anilda Zirenperger, acknowledged the impact of the killings. La massacre provocó graves consecuencias en los sobrevivientes y en sus descendientes. The massacre caused serious consequences for the survivors and their descendants. As a result of this, and of systematic oppression, the subsequent generations of the Mokoit and Kom peoples suffered the trauma of terror, uprooting, loss of their language and of their culture. The court ordered historic reparations, such as including the massacre in the school syllabus. 
New Zealand's first government-funded space mission to highlight the extent of global methane emissions is expected to be ready for launch next year. The satellite, a joint project between New Zealand and the U.S., aims to identify methane gas leaks from industry and agriculture. Methane is a major contributor of global warming. Experts are gathering today in Auckland to discuss the ambitious project. Chris Jackson is Operations Director at Mission Control at the University of Auckland. The spacecraft itself has quite a unique sensor on board. Being able to detect, say, the global emissions, you know, it's a low-Earth orbiting spacecraft. It will see the whole of the Earth fundamentally every day. We will have the opportunity to image any potential source of leaks from methane throughout the world. And we don't have to have permission to fly over certain territories or anything like that. We can really see what's happening and provide that information to global organizations that can combat it. The Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, has warned that American lawmakers won't agree to a free trade deal with the United Kingdom if the British government goes ahead with plans to amend the Northern Ireland Protocol. In a strongly worded statement, Ms. Pelosi expressed deep concern over British plans to override parts of the post-Brexit trade deal with the European Union over Northern Ireland. The BBC's David Willis explains calling the Good Friday Accords the bedrock of peace in Northern Ireland. The Democratic lawmakers said that ensuring there remained no physical border between the Irish Republic and Northern Ireland was absolutely necessary for upholding an agreement which she said had transformed Northern Ireland. She urged the UK and the EU to continue negotiations. Her comments serve as a reminder of the close interest in Northern Ireland at the highest levels of government. President Biden is thought to be reluctant to enter into talks on a comprehensive post-Brexit trade agreement because of the ongoing row with the EU over Northern Ireland. The Greek electronic music pioneer Vangelis, who won an Oscar for the soundtrack to the film Chariots of Fire, has died at the age of 79. Born Avangelos Odysseus Papotanasio in the Greek town of Agria, Vangelis started to play music at about four years old and described himself as largely self-taught. I'm very spontaneous. And uh, when I'm sitting in front of my piano, my keyboards and all that, uh, I hardly know what I'm going to play and what's going to happen. And then something's coming out. You see, the fact that uh, I've never been to a proper music school that gave me uh, a kind of freedom. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,537. That's 410 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $62 billion. In currencies, one U.S. dollar will buy you 127.66 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and five cents. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 76 cents. In sports, we start with golf's second major of the year, the PGA Championship at the Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Rory, Rory McIlroy has made a flying start. More from the BBC's Ian Carter. The best of the scoring coming in the morning wave and coming from a four-times major champion in the shape of Rory McIlroy. Hasn't won a major since 2014, but this was his best start since the 2011 US Open, which marked his first major title. A five under par 65. There was a blistering run of four birdies in a row from his third hole on his opening nine holes, which he covered in 31 blows. A couple of late drop shots, but then a birdie at the last meant that he was round in five under par and is one ahead of a couple of Americans in Will Zalatoris and Tom Hoagie. 
World number one, Scotty Scheffler finished one over par after bogeys on the 16th and 17th holes. Tiger Woods struggled with five bogeys on the back nine and will resume four over par. Next to football and wild scenes at Goodison Park as Everton secured Premier League survival. In it comes the six-yard mark and he's headed in for Everton. They've got it, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Some of the fans are on the pitch. They cannot contain their joy. 2-0 down. They're 3-2 up and if it stays this way, they're staying up. Everton are staying up after an incredible game against Crystal Palace. The hosts were down 2-0 but fought back in the second half to win 3-2. Dominic Calvert-Lewin got the winner on the 85th minute. Let's hear from Michael Keane who scored Everton's opening goal to start the comeback. At half time, we were obviously disappointed but all we spoke about was keeping that belief. It's obviously difficult but we spoke about getting that next goal early and our fans will take us there. <laughs> if we got that early goal like we did, fans will get behind us and you never know, so um, we kept plugging away. The fans were unbelievable. I've never known anything like it. Um, and then at the end, to be honest, it's just pure relief. Burnley moved out of the relegation places with one game to go. Leeds United slipping into the bottom three. Burnley picked up a point with a one-all draw at Aston Villa. It was a valuable point for Burnley and their and their manager, Mike Jackson. I wouldn't say it's missing a couple We needed really, the least we wanted to come away from here was a point. There's a bit of disappointment that you don't get the three. We would have got second half if uh, we don't give a goal that way early. But listen, everything that I've seen tonight is what this group does. They've had to really dig in. They've had to get the work. They've had to put in there. It was, was terrific. So we're going to need that again Sunday. Burnley now out of the drop zone on goal difference host Newcastle at the weekend. They're level on points with Leeds United, whose final game is away to Brentford. And in the other Premier League game last night, Chelsea have all but secured third place after a one-all draw with Leicester City. In the NBA, Jason Tatum scored 27 points and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown each had 24 as the Boston Celtics rolled past the Miami Heat 127-102 to in the Eastern Conference Finals. The series is now tied at a game apiece. On the ice, the reigning Stanley Cup champions Tampa Bay Lightning are now two games up on the Florida Panthers in their second-round playoff series. Tampa Bay won 2-1 to in Sunrise, Florida. And the St. Louis Blues won 4-1 to on the road against the Colorado Avalanche to tie their series one all. Quick look at the weather. Mainly hot and fine, light to moderate east to southeasterly winds. Sunny intervals over the weekend, and it will be hot during the day. A few showers early next week. The current temperature at the observatory is 30 degrees Celsius, and the humidity is standing currently at 61%. And that's the news, sports, and weather from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me Sadia Usmani. It's Friday, yay, and I've got a super duper show lined up for you that will ease you into the weekend. After 1.30, we get the latest update on all the amazing things going on at French May Arts Festival 2022 in Hong Kong. Xavier Mahi, the general manager and dancer Joseph Lee, will be joining me. Joseph is involved with a unique 10-minute pop-up dance performance, and he's going to be telling us all about it. And after 2pm, Feel Good Friday, naturopath Philip Watkins joins me every fortnight on a talk about health issues. And today his focus is meditation, as it's National Meditation Day tomorrow. And keeping on the track of meditation, we have our regular meditative session with Victor Kumar, yoga teacher and artist, after 2.30. And this week, VK Vibes looks at how to deal with failure. And that is the Friday show for you today. Monday morning feels so bad. Everybody seems to know. 